This is Ira on Sports. I'm so excited to have Carlos Boozer, uh, former Duke great, uh, all NBA All Star, and author of the book Every Shot Counts. Carlos, thanks so much for coming on Ira on Sports. Ira, thank you so much for having me, man. Happy to be here. So I'm, I'm a, a, of course, a big Duke fan. I graduated from Duke Law School, and I was texting with uh, Jay Billis this morning, and Jay said, I said, Jay, you got to read this book. He goes, I can't wait to read it. So Jay's excited for this book to come out, and I said, you'll, you'll, I guaranteed him that he would love the book. Yeah, Jay's a great friend, man, been a good mentor for me in the, in the sport casting world. You know, I work for ACC Network, so me and Jay cross paths quite a bit, been a, been a great advocate um, and helped me a great deal in my career, post-career, I would say. I have read maybe a thousand biographies, autobiographies on athletes. I don't think I've ever seen a book that just where the athlete opens up so much as you did in this book and tells stories. I mean, it was just honest, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, your opinions, just an amazing, honest uh, book. Thank you very much. Now, I just wanted to be real. You know, I wanted a chance to inspire people, tell people what happens, the stories that you may not know about that, that helped shape who I was and my path and. You know, you think about, uh, like, if you ask me what my message is for the book, it would be to tell whether you're the kid, whether you're the parent or the guardian, um, if you have a dream, go for it. You know, it's very difficult to go through life on your own. You don't get to this level by yourself. I was very fortunate to have parents who let me dream, my sisters and my brother. My brother uh, helped me as well, coaches, teammates. Um, you know, I was a kid from Juneau, Alaska who wanted to go to the NBA, right? And there was a lot of roadblocks along the way. So I wanted to tell some of those roadblocks and some of those stories in my book. And one of the major stories was that, I mean, basketball gave you, has given you so much in your life. But when you were six yeah. years old in Washington, D.C., you experienced a, a tragedy you, could, you couldn't even think about in terms of you and your friend playing a game. Yeah, my best friend got shot and killed. I died right in front of me, right in my arms. And uh, I mean, it's hard to, to live with that as an adult, let alone have a childhood trauma in that way. So for me, it was very difficult. Uh, my mom and dad, you know, obviously we moved to Alaska and that opened up new doors and new outcomes. But that was a story that, that I never told, uh, kept it with me. And, and every time I played the Wizards and went home to D.C., it was always daunting for me. And I've obviously talked to Chris's family quite a bit throughout the years and kept in touch with them. But um, for me, it was time to tell that story and shed some light on it. Amazing, amazing. And then growing up in Alaska then must have been yeah. very exciting. I mean, we just had Larry Zonka on the show and Larry Zonka, after he retired from the Dolphins, moved to, up to Alaska and lived there for many years. So in terms of the fishing and everything and, and also like you talked about it, you lived in Juneau. So like your away games were flying on planes and everything just to play basketball. No, nah, it's incredible. I mean, honestly, like Alaska is one of the most beautiful parts of our country. There's mountains everywhere, glaciers. We got the ocean right there. So if you do enjoy fishing, there's great fishing. My dad, me and my dad will go fishing quite a bit. I think it's a place everybody should go visit. Now, I'm a, I'm a fan of the summer. I don't know if I will go there in the winter if you don't like being cold because it's the kind of cold that kind of gets to your bones. But the summers are very beautiful, a lot of beautiful hikes and glaciers to go check out again i said the fishing and if you're into skiing and snowboarding are some of the most challenging stuff you could you could you could ride in the winter time but beautiful place and for me it opened up my eyes i mean there's so many native americans so i'm learning about different culture and you know it's a different way of life up there i learned how to start a fire and ride a ride a, uh, a horse do bow and arrow archery i did canoeing and 
you know, all type of stuff that you, you just can't do in Washington, D.C. <laughs> no, no, you can't do those there. And you go, and I love, I mean, there's so many stories of you with the AAU and basketball. I did like the one where you went to a camp one time and a coach, uh, an AAU coach came up and says, well, you, you know, we'll help you in college next year. And they thought you were Carlos Boozer Jr., I mean, a junior in high school when you were really only 12 yeah. years old. So I thought that was yeah. funny. No, I mean, that's, that's how I got discovered. It was crazy. Me and, you know, my mom and dad basically used every penny they had to, to help me and my brothers and sisters uh, accomplish our goals. So I'm down at this camp, uh, David and Dana Pump, the Pump Brothers Camp in California. Biggest camp I'd ever been to. There's so many kids there. And I didn't know who all these guys were at the time, but I found out much later. You know, Baron Davis is there and Richard Jefferson is there and Gilbert Arenas is there. And, you know, all these different guys. And they're studs. They can hoop. They're doing moves I've never seen before. And um, I go down there with my mom. I play a game. I play decent. You know, nothing crazy. Had a decent game. And uh, this AAU coach, Darren Matsubura, comes up to me and goes, "Hey, man, I think you had a good game. And you know, we can help you get a, you know, maybe get a scholarship or get looked at by some colleges. I know you're going to be, you know, a senior next year." And I was like, my mom was like, "A senior? Nah, he's going into the eighth grade." And he just freaked out and was like, "Oh my God, I gotta have this kid." Blah blah blah. And they think I know I'm, I'm in travel basketball, which I didn't even know existed when I'm 12, 13 years old, 14 years old. And uh, that that really was what put me on the map. We started going to tournaments in California and Nevada, Las Vegas, and New York. And all of a sudden, back home, I'm you know, getting letters from colleges, and my mom and dad are talking to coaches on the phone. And the next thing I know, here comes Coach K. So it, it, AAU basketball changed changed the life for a kid from Alaska. And you were sponsored by EA Sports, so that's pretty a fun thing to be sponsored with, getting yeah. the, the video games <laughs> when you're there. But but then when recruiting, you just talked about Coach K and and because none of my listeners, I think Jay Billis might have been one person that would be a good that, but the listeners don't get a chance to be actually recruited and have Coach K coming up to Alaska, sitting in your room. And you went in such detail in the book about what, you know, what he said and how he was so relatable to you and certainly your visit to Duke in terms of your why you decided to go to Duke to play basketball. Yeah, I just think it's important. It was such an important element. Like when you where you decide to spend the next chapter of your life after high school is such a huge decision, you know. And so for me, I'm coming from Alaska, where I, you know, Coach K got to come up and see how close knit my family was. You know, I come from a family of love, and we're such a close group. So, and he had the same thing with his family, so it was relatable. You know, him being from Chicago, so um, we just hit it off right away. Every every question I had, he answered it made me feel comfortable feeling like going all the way to Durham, North Carolina was going to be a safe place where I can grow, not only as a basketball player, but as a young man. And that's what, that's the great thing about really good coaches is that that connection, that friendship uh, goes beyond the court, beyond the field. And coach K was very much that way with me. And I just talked to him yesterday as I'm sending him a copy of the book. He also wrote the forward of my book. He's known me since I'm 17 years old. Um, more than half my life, so he knows me pretty well. And uh, just one of those guys that did a great job of motivating, challenging, teaching, but also caring, uh, somewhat of a father figure to most of us because we're away from home, from our families and our, and our parents. So does a great job. And I know he's retired, but he's still very real and very prevalent in our lives. Yeah, share with my listeners the first story you said when you came down to Duke and, and a woman called you on the phone and <laughs> your first response of what to call to coach K and what was his advice? Yeah, it was weird. Cause I, I know I just got to campus. I could be, me and my boy, Jay will got to campus about a month early before everybody else came in. Just, just so we can start training, get used to the campus, you know, get acclimated as new blue devils. 
And, you know, we're training. I get back to my, my dorm and I have a message on my phone. And it's like, hey, you know, saw you at the bookstore. Um, would love to meet you. You know, let, here's my number. You know, call me. And I'm like, yo, is this like a, am I getting pranked right now? Is this like, <laughs> am I getting punked right now? Like the Ashley Christian show? Like, what's going on? So I call coach and I call my teammates. I'm like, man, listen, this is college, man. Call her back. <laughs> and next thing I know, that was, that was Cece, mother of my kids and, and my first wife and one of my best friends in the world. So. Um, it's, it's crazy how how that happened, but yeah, that was my first experience on campus. And what a, what a time at Duke! I mean, playing in Cameron, the the fans. I mean, we see it on TV. I mean, I've been there many. Of course, I went to school there, so I saw it. But just that the passion and the energy that Cameron brings when you're actually on a court there. Oh my God! It's like no one. It's one of those must sees. It's got to be one of those bucket list items that you've never been like. Watching, a, especially if you're watching an ACC rival like Carolina or something in Cameron, the energy is through the moon, through the roof. Like, you barely can hear coaches speak. You can barely hear the referees. You can barely hear yourself think. Like, that's how loud it can get at times. And for a kid like me playing that environment, it was everything a kid could dream of. And you had such a great group of teammates, Jay Williams, Mike Dunleavy Jr., Chris Duhon. Oh. And then you go, oh. first year you lost us in, in, to the Florida, to, in Florida in the Sweet 16, yep. but that second year, the magical year, 2001, you win the championship. And, and that was a tough year because you got hurt in the middle of the year. And I remember I kept saying, when's Boozer coming back? When's he coming back? And you actually were able to work, rehab, and, and come back a, a, for, the, for the Final Four. Oh, I mean, I was I was working rehabbing like vigorously trying to get back. We had such a special group, as you mentioned. The guys that uh, that we I was playing with were all NBA guys and all studs and all cared the same way. All cared about winning, put the time in, put the work in, extra work in. Um, we had a special group, and I'm gonna be honest. That year before our freshman year, well, you know, me, Jay, Will, and Dunleavy, our freshman year, losing in the Sweet 16 that motivated us like crazy the next year. Cause we, we, we would always compare, like, listen, we don't want to be the, the, that, that team that lost last year crying in the locker room. <laughs> so everything we did, we want, we asked ourselves, is this had a championship level? Will this get us a championship? And if you remember Shane, Shane Baggy's career, you know, think about it, a loss in the, was the elite eight as a freshman loss in the championship game as a sophomore lost in the sweet 16 with us, which was our freshman year. And then he won it his senior year, which was our sophomore year. So, you know, everything we did was, is it at a championship level? So it motivated us like crazy to get to the final four that year. And, and don't get me wrong. We had a lot of turbulence in the final four. We were down 22 to Maryland in the semifinal game. And somehow we cut that to 11 at halftime and took over the second half to reach Arizona in the championship game. And what a championship game it was, man. Oh, no, just a classic over Gilbert Arena. It's an amazing. And then I loved you said that Coach K had you. In those days, you know, people, you sometimes it was a debate whether you should stay or go, and you actually came back for your junior year. Coach K had you over at a barbecue and said, let's, let's run it back one more time and see if we can try to get back-to-back. Yeah. Back. yeah, it's very few times that you have a team that has, a, has an opportunity to, to go back-to-back. Back. It doesn't happen very often in college basketball. Um, and, and so basically me, Mike, and Jay were like, you know what? Let's run it back, man. Jay was so good. Jay would have been the number one pick no matter when he came out, except for this big guy named Yao Ming that came out of China. <laughs> but that's how good Jay was. And so we tried to come back, run it back. We lost in the Sweet 16, but we took our experiences on to the NBA and um, had a good run in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, 
I love when you talk about the draft process and the fact that you thought you were going to go a little higher than you did. I know that Jay and Dunleavy went two and three, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting. I didn't go to New York for the draft, but then when you were picked, I think, 34th by the Cavaliers. But that you used that as a motivational. Like, that was like, I'm going to, you know, like the Tom Brady type thing. Like, you, everybody passed on me, and I'm going to show them what, what they missed. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, I went from being entitled to being like disappointed to being very grateful. You know, I think I thought I had a great college career. I was named ESPN Big Man of the Year my junior year, um, like all, all American as well. And to watch all these guys I had dominated get drafted in front of me, you know, was was very humbling to say the least. And then to get drafted 35th overall by the by the Cavs, I didn't even work out with Cavs. And I, I mean, literally, uh, John Lucas just took a chance on me. I didn't even get a chance to work out with him. But I, I you know, hopefully he saw enough games of mine at Duke to, to get a, a sense of what I'm about. But, you know, when you think about it, well, at least when I thought about it later on that night, I'm like, there's probably thousands of guys that put their name in the draft and never hear their name get called. At least I, I'm getting an opportunity here to go show and prove that I belong. And that's and I ran with that feeling and that emotion of I got something to prove. I'm going to make you guys regret not taking me. I ran with that my entire career. And that sort of set you up, though, because your agent, Rob Plinka, said before that you started with the Cavs, he said, come out to L.A. I got to I'm going to have you train with some people. And you ended up starting this relationship you had with Kobe Bryant, training with him in the off seasons. You were on the 2008 Olympic team with him. He defeated you three times in the playoffs and you actually got to play with him <laughs> one year. So what a relationship. You know, he was your opponent. He was your teammate. Um, you trained with him. Talk a little about Kobe Bryant's impact on your life. Ah, big brother, man. I, I miss him to this day. I, I still can't believe he's not with us. You know, he's he's someone I would text and he would write me back usually at like two or three in the morning because he couldn't sleep, but um, just gave me great advice all the time. He was a mentor of mine, a tireless worker, tireless perfectionist of his craft. And what greater person for me to, to learn from. He, he was a champion early in his career, obviously late in his career. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, that 08, it was an 08 Olympic run that we had in Beijing to win the gold medal was, was iconic, man. He was so spectacular, especially in that championship game against Spain. Literally set the tone early by going through his palisol with a shoulder early and then took the game over in, in the most meaningful moments in the last couple of minutes, hit a huge three to silence the crowd. Like, just an incredible, incredible, incredible human being. And then you saw when he retired from the game, how active he was in promoting WNBA and helping women's basketball and youth basketball with his daughter Gigi and how welcoming he was to the fans at, you know, Disney world and taking more photos and just fell into the next chapter of his life, just being a dad. And I felt like his best years of just life were ahead of him. And obviously got cut short, like everybody else is on that helicopter ride. May they, may they rest in peace and watch over us. But he's been a big brother from day one and um, blessed to have him in my life. I mean, you told that story about the Olympic team where you, where he was there, and one day he didn't show up for breakfast, and someone said maybe he's sleeping in, and it ended up you found out that he was getting up at like six o'clock every, even though you guys were having two a days, he was getting up at six o'clock and going to the gym early and doing shooting beforehand. This is like totally off season, but just you know, like practicing, like he's just trying to make the team almost. Yeah, his work I think was crazy. Actually, we we're in Vegas and we're coming back from a night out in Vegas, like all of us have done. A time or two. So there's eleven. There's twelve. There's twelve Olympians on the team. Eleven of us were out having a good time in Vegas. We get back to to the, to the hotel, the Wynn Hotel, about four or five in the morning. Here comes Kobe walking through the lobby, and we're like, "Yo, Kobe, where you going? Like, where were you tonight? Like, where are you going?" And he's like, 
He looks around, he looks at us, and he goes, I got goals. And he just kept walking. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So we all get on the elevator, and I'm looking around like, damn, I got goals. You got goals? I got goals. You know what I mean? Like it's just, It was almost like a pondering effect, like, damn, I want to – I got goals too. So next thing you know, we're all on Kobe's schedule. We're in the gym at – in the morning, getting weights in, we're going to practice, going through our three-hour practice. We're coming back to get shots up, and then we come back later on at night to, to do some more shots. Like, it was his work ethic. And if you look at what he accomplished that year, like he won a gold medal. I think he might have won the MVP that year. He got All-Star Game MVP, went to the NBA championship and got a finals MVP. Like, he had one hell of a year. That year was like one for the ages for Kobe, and it was all about his work ethic. I mean, obviously, he was supremely talented. But his work ethic, there was nobody who worked as hard as Kobe. And then you talk about another great superstar that you really intersected with so much of, of the history of the NBA. But in your second season at the Cavaliers, LeBron gets drafted. He's on the team. And you could have, in the book, you could not be more complimentary to her in terms of what a teammate he was, how he walked in and, and was like this. You know, you, you even said in the book, I had to come up to him and say, you got to lead us. You know, here's, you know, don't sit back so much. But it was like you just loved playing with him that one year in Cleveland. He was so talented, man. I, mean, I think at 18, you never really think when you're a pro that an 18-year-old kid out of high school is going to change the whole dynamic of your team or your franchise, but LeBron did. Like, he literally changed everything. <laughs> he came in, and even though he could score whenever he wanted to, all he wanted to do was pass. And it was impressive because it would be on point, on target. The ball would be in your hand before you even knew you were open. Like, it was, it was something I had never played with before. And so I was impressed by that. And he just kept I think it was one of those things where he wanted to, you know, get along with all, everybody to like him kind of thing. But it was no question he was our best player. I'm like, bro, you're our best player. You got to start taking over. And when he did that, he started scoring more, and we became a better team. We were, we literally missed the playoffs by like one, one or two games. Milwaukee was the eighth seed that year with Ray Allen, and then obviously I went on to Utah and they get a chance to further that with him. But yeah, LeBron was LeBron was special. Even even as an 18 year old, you can see the greatness in him. And I loved how you explained in the book about your contract after your second year, because I have a lot of Cavs fans and they still say, well, you should have came back, but you really lay it out there. It's like, you know, how many people are going to give up $36 million when you got a contract and the Cavs weren't willing to even come up to that? And even LeBron told you, take the, take the, uh, the, the Utah or whoever other, other offer. So it seems like you got a little unfairly criticized at the time for leaving the Cavaliers and going to the Jazz, but the, you know, it was, it's a huge, it's double the salary. Yeah, I mean, I, trust me, I wanted to stay. We had something awesome. We were like the young gunners. I was <clears throat> like a 20-year-old, and Darius Miles was like 21, 22, and DeJuan Wagner was like 19, LeBron's 18. And we had a young group of guys. Our oldest guy was Big Z, so, and he was like 27. So we, I, would love, I would love to have been able to stay, um, but I can't turn down like double the money. And I was even talking to the ownership, like, guys, if you can make a couple of moves, keep me close, I, I, you know, get it close, I'll stay. But they didn't. And so I moved on to, to different pastures and got a chance to play for Hall of Fame coach and Jerry Sloan and, and play with some great players out in Utah. I mean, those years in Utah where you became an all two-time All-Star, you made it to the Western Conference Finals, you played with Darren Williams, of course, great. Uh, just an amazing time there living in Utah and becoming a superstar on the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, I just learned so much. You know, Jerry Sloan had had uh, coached one of the best players of all time in Carl Malone and obviously John Stockton. But, you know, Carl Malone was one of my mentors and someone I look up to, someone I admired the way he played. And I wanted to be as close to him as I could. Obviously, I fell short, but 
he's a, he's not a bad guy to emulate. You know what I mean? And and Jerry Sloan gave me tons of advice, tons of tutelage. Larry Miller was a terrific owner out there who made it like a family first kind of environment. Um, so I got a chance to play with Darren Williams and Andre Karolinko and Melvin Kerr and Paul Millsap and so many really good players. And we had a really good team. We were just lacking like super size at the rim to protect the rim. But other than that, it was so much fun in Utah. I had a great time um, kind of figuring things out and becoming my own star in, in, in some regards and, and playing with a great team. And I, t- I have a lot of friends in Chicago, and that the Chicago teams, after you left Utah in 2010 and went to Chicago to the Bulls, but when played at the Bulls, a lot of people felt, boy, that team was so close. I know you lost to the Heat in the finals, but if Derrick Rose would have stayed healthy, I mean, you might have had a good run of like two or three titles uh, from the Bull, that Bulls team. Yeah, we had to have him a team, man. I mean, D. Rose is special. That kid could do everything you want him to do. You know, he could score, he could jump, he could lead, he could defend, he never got tired. Um, and then we had Joakim Noel, who was like the defensive player of the year, myself and Lou Aldang. Um, we had Taj Gibson off the bench. We had Nate Robinson off the bench. We had, it was it was one of those teams that we, we felt like, you know, if we could be healthy, we'd have a chance to win at least one championship, if not a couple. And uh, it, the worst thing happened, our best player got hurt every year. So after he got the MVP, he got hurt like four or five years in a row. So we never got a chance to have our team fully healthy and really go after it, and uh, we fell a little short. But that was probably the most fun I had in the NBA playing for the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> yeah, my friends in Chicago, they love you, and they love that team. Um, and on the emotional side of your book, I just – just riveting about your children. Uh, Carmani um, was born with the sickle cell trait, and then you had Cameron and Caden right afterwards. And the work you and your wife did at that time to travel to every single doctor, it seemed like, in the world to try to, to save uh, Carmani's life and to and to you know make sure he's healthy. It's just so riveting. Uh, what a story and, and the efforts you put in. And uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll tell the rest of the story is that Carmani is a star baseball player now, and Cameron Cameron and Caden are the two of the top. Yeah, Cameron's the number one high school basketball player in the country, and Caden is right behind him. Is maybe like 10 or 15 in the country. Yeah, thank you so much. No, the kids are unbelievable, man. I mean, where, where Carmine started at, being born with sickle cell, and, and Cece and I trying to find every doctor and on the planet to try to save him. And we did that. It's crazy how far modern medicine has come, and that's like our modern-day miracle, being able to have that kind of stuff. Um, and then the twins, man, they, they just, we use their umbilical cord and their stem cells to help cure him of the sickle cell way back when. And now they're all, you know, they're, they think they're grown men, but they're still teenagers. <laughs> you know, Carmine's 17, being recruited as a baseball pitcher, trying to figure out where, where, where college will go to next year. The twins are 16 and they're juniors and they're figuring out what basketball programs they like and where they want to attend college in a couple of years. And then my daughter, is four and she just paints all over the house and builds Legos everywhere. So it's pretty cool being a parent. But when you think about where it all started with Carmani and Cameron and Caden and where they are now, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, we're down here in South Florida broadcasting in, in West Palm Beach. But you said that the doctors, you know, you found out that that Miami had the best, the, the perfect doctor for the situation. And also growing up and, you know, living in Miami with the weather was better in terms of waking. I mean, it, it, it was just the book, the chapter in the book. I had I reread it twice. I couldn't believe I was crying almost through the whole chapter about how, you know, it came so much to, you know, I just amazing how you were able to save Carmani's life through that. Yeah, I, I just think I thank God every day that we found every door that needed to be open for him to be okay was open. You know, I think that's just a, a testament to 
our hard work on trying to find the, the right people, to find the people that can help our family. And then also a, a big shout out to the Jazz. I mean, Larry Miller and, and Jerry Sloan allowed me to still play in the games and travel back to Miami to be there when I had to be there. And um, they, nah, they, they were family first from day one. So very, very fortunate, very grateful and uh, happy, happy we're all. Still, still, still a close family, and everybody's thriving at this point. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And and one last thing, you might want to save this for for people to read the book. But your story about Prince and your involvement with the the singer Prince. I mean, that I'm glad you. That's the type of thing that should be in a book. That's an amazing, amazing story. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, now Prince. I had a house one time in L.A. and Prince rented it out and uh, decided to change a couple things inside the house. You have to get the book. To, to read the rest of the story again it's every shot counts that print story is in the book <laughs> I can't. that's great and, and congratulations i heard you you talked in the book about how your business career you're opening up a fast food chains that you have your real estate business and your broadcasting career also so tremendous and and i i'm telling you i think this book is going to be super successful it's so well written and it's just so honest i i just loved reading it i mean i felt like as i said for the last two days i felt like i lived your 40 years of your life by, by reading this i'm so moved and i'm telling everybody you've got to read this book because it's so it's such a really great i mean i think the fact that you were honest makes the book just so much more just meaningful nah thank you so much i just want to be real and tell people because at the end of the day we go through real stuff i mean i know we're sometimes we're basketball players and we look at athletes and entertainers as like you know untouchable but life hits us hard too just like it hits everybody else and i wanted to tell some of those stories it's every shot counts uh, a memoir of resilience by carlos boozer it's available on amazon barnes and noble everything so go out and get the book i really appreciate it uh, carlos for coming on and talking to us for a few minutes Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it.